So welcome everyone to the JA Show. I'm so excited because I have a special guest today. Now, a little bit about this incredible person. You know, when I started, you know, my journey with LinkedIn, with sharing with the world, I noticed the incredible people that I was attracting into my life. You know, I was sharing all this inspirational stuff and all these inspirational people were appearing in my life. So I just want to share with everyone out there as well is if you have a special message, if you have something that you want to share with the world and impact others as well, make sure you do it because you don't know as well who you're going to impact. So this special person, his name is Chris Jackson. Now, I remember when, you know, across a lot of the videos that I was sharing, there was this one special video that really touched not only my heart, but also the heart of others. And it was about my grandmother. It was about discovering my voice. You know, sometimes when we think tragic things can happen in our life, and for me, you know, her passing, at the moment, it felt tragic. It felt so painful. But something that I discovered was my voice. And I remember, you know, sharing about her life, you know, her eulogy as well, just the lives that I was impacting. The lives of others is truly, truly important how we can do that, sharing our voice. And so I remember Chris reached out to me and he said to me, Laura, can I share this message with the world? And he did so and it touched so many other people's lives. And I was so honored. And when I, you know, when I wanted to know more about this incredible person, you know, I found out he was more than just a person of heart. You know, he, you know, I'm going to share a bit about his, his profession, you know, and about what he does with the community as well. So Chris, he's the owner and CEO of True North Holdings and Tucker Financial Services. He's had more than, you know, 18 years of experience managing investments, portfolios for retirees, high net worth individuals, business owners, you know, those who are planning for their retirement as well, which is so important. And also, you know, foundations, endowments, corporations and non-profits just expand, you know, spending all of these customers because that is what the key is. When we know what we have inside in terms of our talents, wanting to make a big difference to our community and also within the field of business. And what I love is his vision, you know, not, not only at work, but also what he does in the community. He's been doing incredible things as well. He serves on the board of a church camp. You know, he's he's also chaired Shippensburg Public Library Finance Committee. And there's so many other things that I know that he's going to be able to share on this show about his contributions to the community. He's from Pennsylvania and I'd love to hear more about his family because I can see, you know, through his singing, he even involves his family as well on social media. Just how important. And, you know, I'm, he doesn't know this, but he is going to do a little <laughs> song for us today as well. <laughs> so I welcome to you, Chris Jackson, to the show. Welcome, Chris. Oh, my goodness, Laura. Thank you so much. How do you follow up an introduction like that? Right? Oh, and <laughs> you I'm can so just gl- laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm, and I'm so glad you mentioned that first video and that you remember that, the first video of yours that really just spoke to me about the tremendous person that you are. And I still remember that moment. You know, I was um, not long before that was sort of a casual LinkedIn 
uh, user and member and just just sort of checking out articles from time to time and people that would reach out and connect to me in my local area I would accept those invitations but I not long before that I really wasn't looking for connections outside my industry and outside my area and you were one of those first people who really spoke to my heart and to my mind. And it made me realize, my goodness, Chris, don't close yourself off based on geography, based on industry, based on any of those things. There are incredible people out there and it's such a privilege and an honor to be able to see the wisdom that you have to share, uh, the story that you had to share and your grandmother, I will never, ever, ever forget that moment when I just saw a picture of your heart a piece of your soul that you shared that day and it really struck me and brought tears to my eyes and so i know i, I commented and tagged a bunch of great uh, people but i reached out to you to find out more about you and i think that that inspiring nature that you have that voice that you have that story that you have uh, I became an instant fan <laughs> and wanted to be along for the ride. And now, now it just does my heart so much good to see so many yes. different people that follow you, so many different avenues with, with which your voice, your character, your integrity, your faith, your story, and your grandmother's story is being shared out there with so many people. So I want to thank you for wow. the awesome opportunity to be a part of what you're doing. Well, wow, I'm just so incredibly humbled by what you've just said, and especially as a CEO as well, to be able to say that and understanding how important it is that, you know, we have a voice and it's so important to be authentic today. And that's, you know, in terms of leadership as well. So just on that, Chris, I wanted to, because you've been able to embrace that, you know, you do you truly understand the importance of a global mindset more and more today, how we're just closely connected? Can you share with us today the importance of being authentic as a leader and also inspiring others in the world? Yes, absolutely. On, on the authenticity side, I decided a long time ago that, you know, I can try to mold myself into uh, sort of this persona that a lot of business owners and a lot of people in the business industry uh, sort of exude and so you know the people you see on Wall Street and the people you see uh, on in TV shows and movies and interviewed on CNBC and places like that but I realized yes. that you know really coming out of my own story back in college that you can put on a front and have a certain number of people you know follow you like you be inspired by you want to be mentored by you but if you're not really being who you are then there's always in the back of your mind this thought of, oh, but that, you know, you know, that's not the real me. Mm -hmm. And so these people aren't really being inspired by me. They don't really even being drawn to me or like me. They like this persona I'm putting out. And I, re I remember one of the days that I decided, you know what, I'm going to start being the real me all the time. And let's see how that goes, because at least then I'm getting to be <laughs> who God made me to be instead yes. of some morphed version of that, some carefully guarded version of that. And I don't want to quite go to the point of saying that it's a deception when we kind of put on those filters and put on those, those guards and those masks. Sometimes it is healthy not to just be completely open uh, to yes. new people until you, you, they've earned your trust and you've earned their trust. But to be inauthentic is in a way sort of deceiving people and deceiving yourself, yourself. about who you really, who you really are. And I so, would rather be me and let the chips fall where they may in business, in life and relationships than to sort of have to keep track of 
who's this person I'm trying to be? And to admit that you don't have everything right, to admit that you make mistakes, and to allow other people to make mistakes and have weaknesses, but still value them for their strengths. And then to kind of look at yourself in the mirror and say the same thing, like, hey, I'm not perfect. I have a lot to learn. I've got strengths and weaknesses, but still to value yourself. Uh, even though you're not perfect. And it allows you to look at other people with grace-filled eyes and look at yourself with grace-filled eyes. And so that was a big part of my journey and part of why I sing on LinkedIn and share stories is is sort of to go against the idea of, oh, it's just business on here. Well, we're all, each of us is only one person, right? And so right. The, the things going on in our personal life, in our family, in our community, our leisure and entertainment, uh, time with friends, it all ties into who we are in the business world, right? Absolutely. I, I really think it allows us to see our team, our coworkers, and our clients as holistic people as well. Instead of, you know, we're just trying to help them with their finances. No, we're trying to help them with their whole life, finances being one part of it. Uh, so that's a big thing for me. And then you talked about inspiration. I don't know that I ever have sat out or set out to try to inspire someone as Mm. much as I've tried to be positive. And Mm. I had a mentor, a business mentor early on who said to me, hey, always be as positive as you can and you'll see the impact that you have grow larger and larger. And I I grew up in a little bit of a negative home. And so that was really a seminal moment for me too, where I realized, hey, life's not going to be perfect. People aren't going to be perfect, but we can still choose to focus on the positive instead of the negative. And I think that's a big part of why some people do draw some inspiration from me. And I know from people like you, because if you're consistently positive, you consistently focus on the good, it sort of makes it bigger and it makes the negatives that are a part of life as well. It makes them smaller. And I think- so many people now have that the opposite way. They focus on the negatives and make them bigger instead of focusing on the positives. And that makes the positives smaller when we refuse to really kind of look at those and dwell on those and savor those to a certain extent. Okay. On the true self, you spoke about that when you realize, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what others say. I just have to be my true self. Now, can you talk to us about that aha moment where you said, yes. Can you describe that moment when you realize, I, ju- I just have to be my true self? And then also, how did you confront of not caring of what others say in that moment? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question. It's it's a, a real story um, where my life changed. And it, it's, I think I've shared part of this with, with you one other time, but it, it really, I can still remember the day, the very day I had started college. Uh, I'm a man of faith. I'm a Christian. And so I'd started college at a local smaller uh, Christian-based college where two of my older brothers had gone. And it was a great fit for them, but it was not a great fit for me. Uh, For whatever reason, at that time in my life, I was going through some changes, sort of the becoming my own person and leaving home and all those kind of things. And I had always had close friendships and I'd always been a pretty happy guy, but I was always sort of measuring the response of others. I'm pretty good at reading people. And so I was always holding back a little bit. Like if I wanted to crack a joke, I would always soften it or I would, I would stop myself and never really got to the place where I could relax and just be myself, except, you know, in very, very small settings with very, very close friends. And so I, you know, I had a lot of friends. I was on the wrestling team and I was captain of the volleyball team and different things like that. So I had a good life. I had a good circle of people around me. 
But there was always this little bit of like holding back and measuring myself and guarding myself because I was sort of afraid that if I was my real self and kind of just let myself be, maybe people wouldn't really like me. Maybe people wouldn't really follow my leadership. So I was, believe it or not, sort of shy (laughs) because I was always filtering everything. And if you know me now, I'm not shy at all. <laughs> oh, not at all. I mean, you, you are so bold and courageous. You're a great example for people out there to be your true self, really. Yeah. And so the day I, I transferred to college, I knew I needed to leave that school. I actually took six months off in between and I worked at a car wash and kind of one of those real soul searching kinds of times. And so I was transferring to a college I had never visited. And I was heading there. The only person I knew there was an ex-girlfriend who I didn't really want to hang out with. Yeah. So sort of a, a, a new life being started. And I chose the school and no one else had gone there, all that stuff. So I remember the day that I, I had gotten myself in shape and, and I was um, single and all those kind of things. And so I was heading to this school and I remember it hit me all of a sudden. It was like, first of all, it was a little bit of a negative thought, like, wow, you're going to a college of 7,000 students and you don't know anyone. At first, Mm. it's a little bit daunting. And then I thought, wait a minute. This is an opportunity where no one knows me. No one has any expectations of me. No one has, you know, any knowledge of what I've been like in the past. This is a chance for me to decide who I want to be. And immediately, as soon as I had that thought, it dawned on me. How about you try just being yourself? It's incredible. that, so that, I think that is incredible where thoughts be, can become things, where your thoughts can become a, your reality. So I just wanted to touch on that for the listeners as well. Yeah. And so I decided that day, you know what, instead of like recreating myself into something new, I was just going to cast off all that fear, all that holding back. And I just decided, you know what, I'm more afraid of than if people see the real me, they won't like me. What if I continue to pretend to be someone that I'm not, you know, to a certain extent and they and I have to continue to be that way the rest of my life. And I'll never know if these people who are with me actually like the real me or just the persona that I was purposely kind of putting out there. And so I decided right right then and there, if I want to get to know people, if I want to reach out to people, if I want to play volleyball, if I want to, you know, talk to somebody new, whether it's a a guy or a cute girl or whatever it might be, I'm just going to be myself. And if I want to crack the joke, I'm going to crack the joke. And so with that, then I thought, well, how do you, how do you hold yourself accountable to that? This is a nice thought. And I thought, you know what? I better set a goal for myself. And my goal was, Hey, I'm going to be here four years, give or take. There's a, you know, a little over 7,000, almost 8,000 students. My goal is to get to know 2000 students in my first year. Figuring that over the course of the four years I was here, I'd get to know everybody, right? Yes. And so I just decided I was going to meet everybody. So I started, as I went across campus, I would stop and talk to people. I would make eye contact. I would smile at people. I would introduce myself. I would get to know them, and I would just be myself. And the amazing thing that was happened is after one semester, Laura, I knew well over 2,000 students by name. They knew me. Uh, And over the course of time, I got to know almost every student on that whole campus just by putting myself out there, being my real self and getting to know people. People were said I had an infectious smile because for the first time I wasn't holding back. Uh, I, I like making people laugh. I even ten, can spill over into sarcasm every now and then. And you know what? People like that about me instead of me being afraid of them. Thinking because was, it's you and they can yeah. see it. They can see that's your 
oh, I love that story because within that story, we can touch on the thought that you had, how you had a goal, and then being your true self because that is true wisdom. Absolutely. I truly, and, truly love that. Yeah, and, and it really changed my life. I have a very, very close circle of friends coming out of those college days, which has been over 25 years ago now. Um, and we still get together on a regular basis. I'm going on a golf trip with some of my closest friends. And honestly, these are people, it's a diverse group of people from all over the place. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to connect with these same people if I was still the guarded version of myself that I had been. And I would have missed out on so much. Lifelong yes. friendships, trips. Uh, all of our spouses are very close. We know each other's kids. We make excuses to get together, you know, five, six, seven times a year. We, we take trips together from time to time. I don't know that we would have those same friendships, those lifelong friendships, uh, if I had continued to be that other version of myself. And so sometimes on the other side of fear, often on the other side of fear yes. is, is victory, right? And we have to go. The only way to get there is to go through it. There's really no way around it, and there's certainly no way to fake it. That's absolutely right, because if you don't confront it, it will just continue to grow and grow and grow, that fear inside of you. But the thing is, we just have to confront it head on and know how courageous we truly are, the human spirit, and you've been able to demonstrate that. And so what kind of advice could you give to young people and also people just soul searching as well, how they can discover more of who they are? Yeah, I, th I think a lot of it is you know, taking the risk to have a mentor. First of all, someone who, and I've been very, very blessed and fortunate to have great mentors in my life, both in the business world. And uh, there was a gentleman who took me under his wing while I was a college student, sort of going through this transformation. Uh, and so I would really seek out um, a mentor uh, mm -hmm. of some kind. It can be someone just a few years older, someone in a totally different industry. It can be, you know, almost anyone, but someone who can be that mirror who yes. genuinely just cares about you, but they're not afraid to ask you really good questions. They're not afraid to give you feedback. They're not afraid to also sort of speak against some of the lies that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Yes, and they're truly lies. And you know what I found that if you still believe in that lie, can you imagine five or 10 years if you still continue to believe in that lie? What would your life turn out like? Absolutely. The, the doors that you never got to open, the windows that you never got to go through, the relationships that you never got to, to build. My mentor at that time, and this, this might apply to some people listening to the show, the, my mentor at that time, I told him uh, that I felt like on my breaks I was at home and I wasn't being as productive as I should be. And I was being lazy and kind of beating myself up. And he said to me, his name is Tim. He said, you know, I think just the opposite. You're one of the most driven college students I've ever seen. You know, you work while you're home, you're putting yourself through college, you work while you're in school, you work all your summers, all your breaks and those kind of things. He's like, do you ever give yourself a chance to just relax and be alone and be with your thoughts? Yes. And, and I, I said, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what that would look like. And so he, <laughs> he challenged me. He said, I want you to take this next break. We had a week off for Thanksgiving break. He said, I want you to take an hour a day in your room by yourself. No books, no music, no anything. And I want you to just sit and let your thoughts be and let them wander and see what you learn about yourself and see how comfortable you get with yourself during that time.
And oh my gosh, Lord, the, you know, here I am, this young man, college student, right? Involved in all this stuff. And I go home and I go into my room for the first time and shut the door. And in the first hour, it was dreadful. I kept wanting to look at my watch. It felt like it was forever. And my thoughts weren't necessarily going to the kinds of things that I thought would be helpful. Yes. But it was it was a process of getting to know more about myself and where I was at that time and what were the things, you know, coming into my my heart and mind. And over that break, it sort of taught me we need to get I need to get comfortable with who I am mm-hmm. to really get a feel for what I want um, and what makes me tick and, what, you know, what makes me worry, what makes me excited. And we're so busy sometimes that we forget to really get to know ourselves. That's so true. And then the and next so, step is to be comfortable with ourselves. Yes. And so touching on that as well, you know, you talked about your faith. You know that verse, be still. Yes. Be still and know. And the thing is God made man in his image. Mm. And so when you're still, you kind of made that relationship where you're discovering more about who you are and we, we're continually growing. So how do you always ensure that you're consistently growing? You know, so this is from a personal point of view as well. And then also from a business point of view. Yeah, I think, um, I think probably the first answer I would give is like, we all go through phases, right? And so mm-hmm. there are times where I'm kind of growing and I feel confident and I'm taking on new things and I'm trying out new things and it's just kind of flowing. It's almost like a flow state. I call it the zone. But there are times, Laura, and I'm sure you experience this at least once in a while, yes. <laughs> where you don't feel quite the same way, where where you're you're not cranking on all cylinders. And it's so easy to sort of beat ourselves up or you know get kind of woe is me or even worried like, oh my gosh, am I losing my edge? And to give yes. ourselves give ourselves enough grace to realize like, Hey, life has some ebbs and flows. It's and just like the stock market, right? Yeah. There's just be the graph. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs and you have to expect that one. So you don't panic, but two, so that you keep your long-term goals in mind. And that's a big mantra of mine is, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Everything is small stuff, but also don't get caught up in these short-term ups and downs. Yes. Give it time keep focused on those long terms. And as long as you're making progress towards those goals, personal and professional, you know, to not get overly wound up if this month was an off month, if this day was an off day, if this week was an off week, but keep focused on the fact that, hey, if I look back every now and then, and so building in some times of reflection where you can look back and say, hey, maybe I didn't meet all my goals for this month or this quarter, but gosh, if I look back over a one year or a three year period or even longer, look how far we've come and reminding yourself of those positive successes and celebrating those along the way. So you aren't just caught up in the times that you swing and miss, because if we're not swinging and missing and setting goals that we can't quite achieve every now and then, maybe we really aren't stretching ourselves enough um, to get, you know, to get where we want to be and to make the progress that we want to. Yes, there is so much truth in what you're saying at the moment. Yes, sorry. And also, so in the journey, I know, some of the most successful people, I mean, an example is Thomas Edison. I mean, he tried 10,000 times, <laughs> you know. So that's an example, I think, where we can say that, yes, there will be times and also thinking of them as temporary defeats rather than failure. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I continually remind this with the life-changing book, Thinking Grow Rich. And so can you tell us also about a time where you felt that, you know, you could have failed or was a temporary defeat 
and how you confronted that as well. An example is a global financial crisis that really hit a lot of people and businesses hard. How you be? How have you been able to confront some of those events? Yeah. So in my industry, that you know, the one of the seminal events I got into the industry, two thousand and one, which was when the tech bubble burst, and that was when I got my first big big promotion. It was partly because the person in the role managing money, he was the chief portfolio manager. Uh, he really got to the point he couldn't handle all of the pressure coming from clients <laughs> during that time. And so he decided to change roles. And even though I was pretty new in the industry and not really ready yet to take over about $200 million of client assets, they saw in me the long-term potential and they took a risk on me. And uh, this is a little bit of a funny story, but the very first trade that I made uh, was we decided that we were too heavy in tech stocks and mm-hmm. they, they didn't have a lot of discipline in the place that I was at the time. And I looked out and I realized, hey, we need to lighten up on these tech stocks because if this trend continues, clients are going to really be hurt. And so you sort of had to swallow your pride and just say, hey, we had you in a strategy that isn't working that well. We need to shift course a little bit uh, with that. And so my very first trade, Laura, yes. I messed up and I sold the wrong stock. One, oh, one that we didn't own. And my my new boss is looking over my shoulder as I do it. And so I remember sitting there in that moment. It's just instantaneous being like, oh, shortest tenured portfolio manager ever. <laughs> I'm going to be out of here, you know. Uh, but I admitted my mistake. I had the plan to fix it. We got it fixed. No clients were harmed. We reimbursed them and all that kind of stuff. But that was just a little moment. But then, you know, seven years later, we went through the 2008 global financial crisis. Yes. And I remember walking around. There were, my team was nine of us, and we were part of a bigger team of 33 people. And I remember every morning, it was really part of my job to lift the spirits and drive away the worry and the panic in the team because we were fielding probably you know several hundred phone calls a day from concerned clients we had about 1600 clients at the time and i knew if we weren't positive if we weren't steady if we didn't have confidence they were going to eventually figure out that we were just as scared as they were and so i would make my rounds every single morning very first thing when i got there And I would try to get the temperature of every single employee on that team and figure out who's nervous, who's worried, how do we help them out? Is it a pep talk? Is it saying, hey, why don't you take a day off of the phone calls today? Um, Because we wanted to make sure we had, we were putting our best foot forward and that they weren't, you know, sort of getting into a situation where they couldn't handle it and those kind of things. And so it was a way to care about my team and care about the clients as well as the message that we were putting out there. And so I, I was a little bit of a cheerleader. And I remember a couple of times saying, hey, it's normal in these times for clients to be afraid. It's even okay now and then for you to be afraid. But I want you to look in my eyes every morning when I make my rounds and every afternoon. And you're going to see that there's no fear in my eyes. So even if you're having trouble being brave for yourself, be brave because you know that I'm not going to be afraid. And then I said, and if you ever see fear in my eyes, that's a sure sign that things are about to turn around and get better. <laughs> so, that's incredible. That's so that's all about bit, mindset as yeah, well. Yeah, no matter what, we take everything you see as a positive that we're going to move forward from and learn from. And one of the mantras I like to say, and I say this to myself as well as my team and people that I've mentored, is there's really no such thing as failure. We either succeed or we learn. And all mm-hmm. along the way, you are going to make mistakes. There are things that aren't going to go well, but that doesn't mean it's a failure. It means it's a learning opportunity. Uh, and so there really is no 
failure. There really is no striking out because we always get to swing again. Uh, and in my industry, that's extremely important and really in any industry. Absolutely. And just generally in life as well. So we're going to go to a very, very short break. But when we come back, there is so much more. I, we've been having such an exciting conversation now. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about why it's so important to be positive always. And then, you know, how do you bring yourself back up when, whenever you're feeling negative? And to that point, I think Chris touched on many great examples of how we always have to have our emotions in check. That's so key. And also when you think about fear, sometimes you think about it in your life. But he's just given such great examples as well that even within the finance area, even within, you know, investing as well and for your clients, how important it is to have that courage because you need to be the example and also for your team. And, you know, that is true, powerful leadership. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about those these topics because they are life-changing. They are going to, you know, give you that perspective as well of how important it is to have the right positive mindset, to have the right emotions, make sure it's in check. And then also in terms of leadership, what does powerful, influential leadership mean in making a positive impact, not only for your business, but in the world? So we're just going to be back very, very shortly. Surround yourself with people of the right character that also lift you to higher places. For your desire to translate into reality, you must also apply the Mastermind Principle. So join our Mastermind Alliance weekly online meetings. Register at www.lauraeribeiro.com forward slash mastermind. So that's www.laurae ribeiro.com forward slash mastermind to discover more. Community in a spirit of perfect harmony is power. So welcome back, everyone. We are having an incredible conversation. So today here with Chris Jackson, and he's been sharing his insights on the importance of, you know, how to be positive as well, and his life story about being your true self. And now we're going to talk about how he's been able to continue to have this positive attitude, this positive mindset, and why it's also important, not only from, you know, I think, People have been talking about mental health is such a big key, but I truly, truly believe having that positive mindset not only helps with our, you know, in terms of our health mentally, um, but also makes such a big impact and also influence to others. So Chris, could you please talk about how you've been able to use your positive mindset, use your positive attitude and how it's led to positive results in your life and in your business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it really started with that mentor that I mentioned earlier, but then I had to kind of make it my own, right? Because there are times that you, you know, something bad happens um, and you can't be positive in that moment. For instance, someone close to you passes away or, you know, someone's something happens to one of your closest friend's children or something like that. You know, this pie in the sky, super positive, regardless of anything, that's, that sort of pushes against the authenticity that we uh, discussed. And so I've sort of got a, another little saying that I that I revert back to a lot, and it's to embrace it all. 
Yes. And what I mean by that is when you when you go through something negative, you sort of have to take the time to absorb that. You have to grieve. You have to give yourself the space to, you know, even be sad and be down in an appropriate way and, and grieve with people. But you can't stay in that place, right? Uh, you can't stay in that place of woe is me and feeling down all the time. You have to embrace it. You have to feel it. And then you have to move on from it. And one of the ways that I do that, Laura, is sort of some people would call it a, a gratitude journey or a remembrance journey where you look back to times where you were grieving, when things looked bad and, yes. and when there didn't seem to be much reason for hope. Right. And you have to remember hey, how did I come through that time? How did I either come through it myself? How did God help me come through that? How did others help me come through that? Whether it's you know family or friends or whatever it might be. Uh, I remember after we purchased our first home, uh, we had kind of stretched our budget a little bit. Mm -hmm. And immediately, of course, uh, the shower leaked down through the downstairs and messed up the walls and the ceiling. And then the sewer line backed up. And mm -hmm. two times we had someone come to clear it out and they couldn't get it fixed. And we were down to $114 is all we had. And the bill came in for these repairs. It was over $500. And I said to my wife, I said, hey, we don't, we're, this is going to be rough. I don't know where this money's going to come from, but let's, let's go for a walk. And so yes. we, kind of, we started that walk uh, around the block near our new home, feeling pretty down and feeling pretty hopeless, really. Uh, mm -hmm. and we rounded the corner and I caught sight of the house. I mean, at that point, Laura, if someone said, Hey, I'll buy your house for half of what you paid for it. I would have probably said done. Right. Yeah. So, Let's do it. Cause I was feeling so hopeless, but the course of that walk and the course of that, we remembered, Hey, God brought us together. We're here for a purpose. There's so much good ahead for us and things are going to get better. And I remember as we turned the corner and the house came into view, the very house that I would have dumped for anything, you know, when yes. the walk started. And I grabbed my wife's hand and I just said, we had been married only about a year at that time. And I said, you know what? Let's hang in here. And I bet you one year from now, things will be so much better. And so this hopefulness sort of came out of nowhere. And I, uh -huh. chose, I chose to look forward to a brighter future instead of continuing to wallow. Uh, in the very scary, very, very meager uh, present that we had. And so I've really practiced that over my life. And I think people are drawn to people who can have mm -hmm. a vision of the future um, that isn't just pie in the sky. It's real, but it's also very hopeful. Because sometimes I think in this world, it's very easy to get down. It's very easy to feel hopeless. Yes. Lose our faith, lose that positivity. And when we can pretty consistently, and not, not perfectly, but pretty consistently, be that voice of hope, be that voice of vision, be that voice of, hey, it's going to be good. Let's move forward together. People are drawn to that and they want to follow people who have that. Um, and so that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smart, but I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I have had great leadership opportunities, but there are people out there even better than me for sure. But I've always cared. I love about your humbleness. Sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> But, but there's hardly anyone who's worked harder than I have, and there's hardly anyone who's cared more than I have, and there's hardly anyone who's been more hopeful and, and full of positivity than I have. Uh, and so those are really sort of the hallmarks of who I am. And I think each person needs to figure out, hey, what are the things that I'm really good at? What are the things that I kind of come back to over and over again in my own journey? And then sharing that with other people. And that'll attract the people who want your kind of leadership. 
Uh, and my kind of leadership and my kind of personality isn't for everyone, and that's okay. But the people that it is for have been blessed by by me, and I've been blessed by them as well. You've you've just there's so many so many important aspects that you've been able to talk about here, and so you know you talked about gratitude, which is so so key. I think in the midst of anything that we're going through, we have to be grateful because honestly, there are so much so many things that we're grateful for, and it's even being in the presence as well. And I do this, you know, as a practice. Habits are key as well. When you know when you wake up in the morning, and you just be grateful for everything you have, your family, the opportunities that you have, you know, and it changes your your outlook and it just changes, you know, you start looking at opportunities rather than what's actually hard, right? Yeah. Yep. I see the opportunities instead of just the obstacles. Absolutely. And then you also talked about faith. So, you know, being grateful, but also understanding the purpose and something, you know, that or, you know, that that awareness as well of, you know, God or faith or, you know, whatever you believe in, that is so much more powerful than you. And that can get you through situations. And it's so incredible that you mentioned that as well. When you know what your vision is, when you know what your purpose is, you know, you don't feel as helpless anymore because there is that purpose. And then you talk, yeah. And then you talked about consistency. See, we're thinking Mm -hmm. the same as well. I was just going to say consistency. You know, you're talking about being consistent as well and having that voice of hope that things will get better, that things are going to be good. And then so when you think that, when you also act out in that as well, it happens. You know, you made that confirmation. You said in one year's time, things will get better. And you believed in it. You had the hope and you had the faith. And so when you have that, just normally – you know, it's like the world responds to you. Definitely. And that's the importance of having a positive mindset, having a positive attitude as well, regardless of what things are happening in your life, you know, being grateful, being faithful and understanding what your true purpose is. So that's Absolutely. truly key. Absolutely. And uh, and one of those key things for me is always putting other people first. And I think that's one of the things lost in uh, the American style of leadership sometimes, especially in the business world. And one mm-hmm. of the things that people have been drawn to with, with me is they say, I, you know, clients say this and people on my team, uh, they'll say, you know, I, get, I just get the feeling that you genuinely actually care about me by the questions you ask, the way you look at me, the way you take time to get to know me and ask about my family and what can I pray for for you and all those kind of things. And like, I, I'm kind of just wired that way. I almost can't help myself from caring about people and wanting to get to know people and hear their story, but people are drawn to that. And, you know, it kind of circles back and I, I don't know that I ever thought of it this way before, but in this conversation that discovering my true self and living out my true self, that being authentic, Mm -hmm. it really took some time for me to be comfortable with, Hey, this is, this is how I'm going to be as a businessman. This is how I'm going to be as a leader. And I'm going to lead with genuine care, kindness, and compassion. Um, And that's been a big part of the success that I've had, has been being true to myself, discovering who I am. But then people, the right people, the right clients, the right team members, the right people in the community, they're drawn to that because they want to be around someone who genuinely cares about them, not someone who's just going to help them make more money or someone who's going to help them accomplish their goals, but someone who's going to care about them along the way. So I think that's sort of circled around and been a a real powerful um, thing that I've benefited from over my my career and my life. 
Yeah, that's wonderful to hear as well. And we also spoke about emotions. So how do you keep your emotions in check? Gosh, a couple of different things. I've got some extremely close friends who I can always count on and reach out to and be myself around. Uh, in fact, there's probably one deeper level of authenticity that even you haven't seen, Laura, and it's it's my goofy side. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've seen I've seen the singing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but these are folks who I, you know, I can be almost giddy around and silly around, and they don't they don't see that as a negative. They just know that's who I am. They've known me forever. But really, tapping into those friendships, I think men in particular, but even but more so people of both genders, you know, they feel like the way to go is to gut it out on your own. And we're all comfortable sharing about struggles after we've come out of them. And mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I've done differently is I reach out to those close friendships, those mentors, uh, those people in my life in the middle of the struggles, in the middle of those lean times where, where I'm having trouble staying positive, where I'm having trouble keeping my emotions in check, reaching out to people in the middle of that and not necessarily looking for them to have the answers. But, you know, when you share those kind of things and someone looks back at you and says, you know, I had a friend one time said, Chris, if I were going to bet money on anyone succeeding through these hardships and through these trials, it would be you. And you're, you're the one I would hitch my wagon to. I remember that. That's just, powerful. Oh, my gosh. It gave me such because I, I was listening to fear at that time. Uh, yes. the, comp the company I was working for was closing and I, I was the sole provider for my family and I had these three young boys and I remember being like, oh my gosh, we're going to be forced out of our home and we're going to be living above somebody's garage. And that thought literally was cycling through my brain over and over. And, and then so, you realize when you look back to not have that thought, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I went for a ride with my friend and when he said that, I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, if, if Dave can think that of me, why am I sitting here doubting that we can come through this and, and come out the other side? And sure enough, you know, uh, that that fear I was kind of listening to for a little while, I remembered that fear is often a liar and it makes us focus on just the wrong things instead of all the positives that are out there. It's kind of like that one dark cloud in the sky and we folk, oh, it's going to rain, it's going to rain and we miss the sunshine that's all around us, right? Uh, yes. So reaching out to people in the midst of, of struggles is a big thing I would encourage people to do. People will not think less of you because mm -hmm. you're going through a hard time. They will think so much more of you because you had the courage to reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling a little bit. Can you help me? And uh, make sure you just it's with the right people as well that you trust. I think oh, that's yeah. And that you've known yes. for a while. Absolutely. Yes. And how would you describe successful leadership? Now, we've got a few minutes left. I know we're having so much fun, but <laughs> we just I just wanted to cover some very important topics. How would you describe successful leadership in the world today? Yeah, I, I think successful leadership is really lifting up the other person. Uh, so often, you know, when someone introduces a leader, they go through all of their accolades and all the different things that they've succeeded, and whether it's money they've made or titles they've done or growth rates that they've had. Uh, I really think that's a great way to measure part of leadership. But the better way to measure it is the number of lives that were impacted. Yes. In a positive way. And so I look at uh, the number of families that we serve uh, and we do a lot of pro bono. Uh, for people that really can't afford uh, services like ours. Um, and I count them as successful client interactions, even though they might not be paying us anything at the time, because we're impacting lives, we're impacting families. That's what matters, yes. Yeah, so I'd like to propose that as a, a definition or one possible definition is how many lives have we impacted for the positive?
And I know you're a really, really big family man. How would you describe the support from your family as well? And also your faith, you know, when you credit your success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been married a little over 20 years to my college sweetheart. Uh, We've got three three sons. Um, (laughs) She's been a stay-at-home mom, but my goodness, she does so much to keep the family together, to take care of the kids, to support me in the activities that I do. And just someone that I know I can go home to every day who believes in me, who trusts in me, but who also is going to point out when I'm getting a little bit off track and call me back to, to being who I am. And you know, that, that home that we all want, uh, where we feel at ease, we feel at peace, we feel loved. That's what we've pretty consistently created at our home. And that's been a huge thing to allow me to, to move forward with the things that I want to do, including buying my first business and then faith as well. The faith community, as well as my own personal faith is just a daily reminder that even though, you know, I've reached some of my goals and those kind of things at this point in time, in the grand scheme of things, my my duty is to love God and love others. And that's mm-hmm. really the calling on my life. And I do that in business. I do that personally, because if each of us just did that, we would be, you know, in a much better place. Yes. And also a reminder that I'm just a part of a much bigger story throughout history and in the world today. And so, you know, you don't celebrate your successes too, too much to the point you get a big head, but you also don't belabor your failures too much because God's not surprised by those things, mm. uh, right? He knows who we That's are. That's so true. He knows we're just a part of things. And so my faith is a big thing to remind me that I'm extremely valuable to to my God, but I'm also pretty small in the grand scheme of things. And those two things are very important for me to keep Just in mind. gives you perspective as well you know that we all matter that we all can make a difference you know wherever we are in the world with our families and communities and so we're going to close the show we've had amazing topics you know with business and you've you've given us so many wonderful thoughts because thoughts are things and it's important that we need to keep in check our emotions and our thoughts because it can drive us you know to the right places if you're thinking right or it could, you know, do the reverse. And Chris has been such a great example of that. He's been sharing his testimonies as well. So just to make sure that we hear his beautiful singing voice, he's <laughs> going to sing a quick tune for us. You know, you could like 10, 15 seconds or so. And, yeah, we're going to end with that. <laughs> so, Chris, <laughs> it's to you. <laughs> great. This is impromptu, so I'm going to yes. go back to one that I've been singing in the shower for years. And, okay. And there's some truth in it. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. And we need to remember that for each person we meet and for ourselves. There's a lot of yes. beauty inside. We just need to share it with others. Wow, wow, wow. I loved that message. I loved how you could just sing it on the spot because it's so true. You know, I, I love I love children. I love that they're the future as well. They are so innocent. You know, literally yesterday I was at um, Disney Hollywood Studios here in Orlando. Oh, nice. And I was just, yes, I just watched the kids. They were just so curious. You know, they, they were so, you know, they were imagining everything around them and asking, oh, what's that? What does that mean? You know, they were so innocent. And I thought if we continue to feed these kids, you know, make them say that it's okay to dream and dream, dream big and realize and be your true self and not be afraid. 
That is true power. So I'm so grateful that you have been able to sing that tune because it's so relevant to the world today and also both of our visions. So I just want to say thank you so much, Chris, for joining us and sharing your incredible insights. Thank you so much. It's been a great joy and pleasure. That's my pleasure. And thank you also to our audience. We thank you. Thank you so much. Blessings to you all. Thank you. What you think about, you bring about. But just make sure you also speak it out. Don't allow your silence to kill your dreams. Make it happen and know the universe is on your side, especially when you know exactly what it is you want. If you put your focus, energy and positive thoughts on what you desire, you'd see the abundant opportunities come your way. Whatever it is, if you have that burning desire, it's as if it was meant to be. You feel it in your heart and it moves you to action. The universe gives you what your heart desires. Speak your dreams, speak it out and do not silence your dreams. Keep your voice and visions alive. For pre-orders of my book, Your Silence is Killing Your Dreams, register on my website www.lauraerivero.com and I'm sure to keep you updated on the release. So that's www.lauraerivero.com.